0: have checked out joy tv yet
1: tune in for your daily source of hope-filled positive christian programming
0: from breaking news reported from a christ-centered perspective every weeknight
1: to award-winning and crowd-pleasing christian programs we're serving up Christ's joy around the clock
0: find joy tv on roger's channel 173 bell channel 656
1: Shaw channel 10 tell us channel 123 or visit joytv.ca today
0: joy tv it's more than you imagined
1: Today on Focus on the Family, we're going to explore some of the pain and the loss that so many families are experiencing during this pandemic. Our guest, Dr. Norm Wright, shared this observation.
2: We are all in the same boat. We are not all in the same storm. For some people, it's sprinkling. This is a break. It's a breather. It's a rest, a pause, a time to reconnect with their families. Honestly, Kind of peaceful, but for some others, it's a storm. It's a bit scary. It's disruptive. It's enough to make you stay up and watch the news and worry a bit. For some, it's a hurricane. It's tearing at boards. It's pulling off roofs. It's washing them out to sea. It's not wrong to be enjoying a sprinkle or enduring a storm. But please, don't negate the difference. Rest with your family. But don't minimize the hurricane engulfing your neighbor. Laugh when you can but get on your knees for your friends.
1: Well, isn't that a good reminder and perspective for us to consider? Um, Welcome to Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus president
3: and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. Uh, John, suffering and grief are things that we never want to deal with. Uh, We don't want to talk about it or think about it, to be honest. And when we see others suffering or grieving, uh, I think, if we're honest, we kind of are grateful or thankful that we're not going through what they're going through. Even though we're willing to pray for them, but quietly we're thinking, Lord, thank you, I'm not going through that. But guess what? In reality, uh, there's no exemptions in this life. You are going to go through something that is going to cause you grief and um, difficulty, a sense of suffering at some point. There's no get out of jail card in this life. And I know as an orphan child, I felt that. um, they were lonely days, and I can relate to that. I'm grateful to the Lord that things have been straighter and, in that way, easier for me and uh, for my own family. But a lot of families are going through difficult experiences right now with the coronavirus. There's loss of job, loss of income, uh, shuttering of businesses, all kinds of things. Maybe the loss of a loved one. And uh, that is the reality. Some families are going through tragic loss, like I said. And today's program, we're going to help you uh, think about it and maybe deal with it in your own life or maybe for those around you. Yeah, we uh, all know of or have read stories of heartache and loss
1: and difficulty, and um, it's really important for us, Jim, to be able to speak into this topic today.
3: It's so true, John, and We've invited Dr. Norm Wright uh, back to the program. Uh, Listeners respond so well to Dr. Wright. Uh, His tenderness, his experience as a grief counselor, Uh, he has helped many, many people. Uh, He was there at 9-11. He helped with Hurricane Katrina victims and even uh, some recent high-profile shootings. Uh, Dr. Norm Wright has been there. Uh, Norm, you were with us a little over six months ago talking about your book, When It Feels Like the Sky is Falling, How to Find Hope in an Uncertain World. I think we're experiencing that today. The sky has fallen, and many of us are struggling with what's next. Let me, in that kind of uh, environment, welcome you back to Focus on the Family.
2: Thank you. It's always a privilege to be here. The book you mentioned, When It Feels Like the Sky is Falling, I felt the Lord was... uh, leading me to write that during the time of uh, Las Vegas mm-hmm. and um, everything that happened there. And now I've discovered, no, it wasn't just for that event. It's for what's going on right now.
3: That kind of proves the point, doesn't it, Norm, that um, you wrote it for that circumstance in Las Vegas, and here we are a few years later back at another tragic moment. The I guess the theme of that is, life has these times where things happen that we can't control, and we've got to lean into God, hopefully, and not lean into our anxiety.
2: Well, this is part of the problem. We like to feel as though we're in control of our life, that uh, we can handle everything. And we've been taught in a very dramatic way recently that it doesn't work like that. We are more victimized than we realize. I had the Two people give me their feedback in terms of what was going on, and this is what they said. The world isn't as it was. It doesn't make sense, and I feel stripped of all security. Hmm. It's terrifying to think that disaster could strike again at any moment and destroy my life or the lives of those I love. And then somebody else wrote, everything is different now. I really live life now. I'm not just existing. I appreciate the important things. I can't say I'm happy for what happened but my life is now richer and fuller. Mm. And you're going to find all sorts of different responses to what is occurring at this particular point.
3: Let me hit that uh, quickly, the different responses. I mean, uh, we're made in God's image. Uh, We have personality traits. There's, you know, predictive models. You could take a personality profile and you're You know, the DISC test comes to mind, Myers-Briggs, these things. We have predictable behavior, because I think uh, God created us that way. We have extroverts, introverts, etc. But explain, if you can, Norm, this difference in responding to difficulty, the one that the sky is falling, the other saying, I feel closer to God than ever before.
2: Many times it goes back to a basic attitude that we have, uh, I think of James chapter one, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, but the trying of your faith produces endurance or patience. My wife and I lived on that particular verse for almost 23 years with our son, who was profoundly disabled, and uh, just holding on to that verse made a t- big difference in our life, because we connected with what the Word of God had to say. Sometimes, though, we get distracted, and there are a lot of people that are distracted right now because their livelihood has been taken away from them, and they never expected this, and um, they're really struggling. And we don't have answers right now, and this is something that um, it's difficult for us to deal with because we are people that want to know this is what to do, this is how to do it, and we go on from there. It's not working that way. Uh, every day we hear the newscast. and sometimes people are spending too much time listening to it
3: because they don't have all the answers either. Right. It becomes overwhelming. Uh, Norm, one of the things, that, and I, I'm guilty of this, uh, you know, generally speaking, uh, Gene and I, our two boys are with us. Trent was off to his first year of college living in an apartment, but he's come back a month or so ago. And generally, it's been a positive experience for us. Uh, Thankfully, none of us are sick, but we're at home, we're playing lots of board games, we're having fun, we're laughing a lot. Um, We tend to go to our own corners of the house for a while when we need a little space. But the reality is, and this is where I wanna go with that setup, is there are things going on that you've heard about, that you've experienced. Because in hospitals, for example, people who are struggling, who are passing away, not just from the coronavirus, but from other things. Uh, There's a separation from their loved ones at that moment of transition from this life to the next. I think you had a story about a New York physician who held a cell phone for a patient to talk to their loved ones, right?
2: Yes, they did. Um, How would you handle what this person had to deal with A physician held a cell phone to the hospital bed of a hundred-year-old Jewish mother so her son could say goodbye. Mm. Part of the problem of what's going on is that we don't have the opportunity to say goodbye. Mm. And because of that, there's no closure there. We feel like we've been cheated out of an opportunity, and our hearts go out to the people that are, in the hospital or in the rest home at this particular time but we need to perhaps see situations like this as basically a prayer guide we can pray for every situation we can pray as we watch the governors on the television and um, that gives us a better connection at this time funerals are being changed we have uh, zoom funerals delayed burials um, Virtual goodbyes. You've gone to that because it's replaced the hugs, the shared sorrow, the holding of hands. Uh, if you have a loved one that you've not been able to say goodbye to, then what you do is you write a letter to them, a goodbye letter, and you handwrite it, not with a computer, but handwrite it. And once it's written, and either for yourself or for their whole family, you read this out loud as a partial. Replacement for what's going on in their life. But that gives you a sense of closure. Part of the problem that happens in situations like this is uh, our emotions, our feelings are all over the map, and we're not going to respond normally. Um, if you live in a family, do not expect them to respond as they did a month ago, three months ago, etc. You have to come up with... Um, How you're going to respond to them at this particular time because, well, for one thing, people don't realize that they are in grief. Most families are in grief at this particular time, especially if they've lost a job and they're just waiting day after day for when they're able to go back to work. And some of them will not go back to work or they will go back and it will be half the salary that they used to have. I mean, our life has been torn apart.
3: Well, and I, and, um, I, you're right. Over the next few weeks, we're going to see, you know, how government works, how the redeployment of opening up the country will what it will look like. Uh, you know, all 50 states probably doing it slightly differently. The governors are going to have quite a bit of control, I guess, in that regard. Let me mention one story, and I, primarily because I want our listeners to think about the uh, first responders and the pressure that they're under. I think it was an Alabama nurse who, you know, because of the separation with the family, the family couldn't come in and um, be around the grandmother who was passing away. And the nurse held the grandmother's hand and assured her of her future with Jesus. And it, I just felt like when she came out of that hospital room where there loved one had passed away. She was able, this nurse, she was able to express to the family that she was with her at that point of death, that she didn't die alone. What a comfort that would be for a family member to know that somebody who's very busy, they have a lot of responsibility right now, was kind enough to stop and to consider humanity there and to give that woman uh, the holding of a hand as she took her last breath. I mean that takes my breath away. It tears me up it to does. think that that's and, happening. Well, the phrase she didn't die alone is so important
2: mm. because it's difficult in the, in the dying process anyway, but then to feel isolated and to maybe even see your loved one standing out in the hall but you can't they can't come in to touch you or anything. This is going on every day. I'm into the group of the first responders. I'm a chaplain at a trauma center, and um, some of the stories that uh, we end up dealing with there are very, very hard. They're very difficult. And especially when you feel immobilized, there are things that we would like to be able to say and do, and yet because of the difficulty of this disease, we can't do it. Yeah. One of the things that you can do with all the gadgetry we have nowadays of uh, Zoom and Facebook and everything, there can be more opportunity for connections. And that's what we have to start looking at. And maybe in our prayer life, say, Lord, show me which ones to reach out to. Show me what I can say. But you don't know what to say when you are going to see a loved one. Talk it over with somebody else so it's not just you.
3: Yeah. You know, Norm, when I think about it, um, it shows you the design of God in our hearts, that we need connection. We need relationship. It's how we're wired, because we're made in His image. That's what He intended for us. He created us for a relationship with Him. And uh, when these relationships are are broken, when the tether is cut, it's interesting that it creates fear and anxiety and other kind of... um, odd behaviors in us. But am I looking at that in the right way? It it disrupts us to the point that we're not functioning in the way that we were created to function?
2: I couldn't say it any better than you did. Hmm. Um, Somebody gave me a reading called The Storm. And uh, I'd like to share it because it really captures what uh, people are experiencing. Sure. And it went like this. We are all in the same boat. We are not all in the same storm. For some people, it's sprinkling. This is a break. It's a breather. It's a rest, a pause, a time to reconnect with their families. Honestly, it's kind of peaceful, but for some others, it's a storm. It's a bit scary. It's disruptive. It's enough to make you stay up and watch the news and worry a bit. For some, it's a hurricane. It's tearing at boards. It's pulling off roofs. It's washing them out to sea. It's not wrong to be enjoying a sprinkle or enduring a storm, but please don't negate the difference. Rest with your family, but don't minimize the hurricane engulfing your neighbor. Laugh when you can, but get on your knees for your friends.
1: This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
0: As families continue to self-isolate because of COVID-19, the need for the gospel of Jesus Christ is needed in our homes now more than ever. That's why Focus on the Family is providing a free four-week trial of the Adventures in Odyssey Club, where families can listen to the full Odyssey library of over 800 episodes, daily devotions, and more. The sign-up process is easy and no credit card is required. In addition, we have just released a new online streaming service called Focus at Home. Focus at Home brings hours of biblically-based, family-friendly entertainment created by Focus on the Family. Movies and audio adventures, readings of best-selling children's books, biblical lessons straight from the Holy Land, and more. Best of all, this will be free of charge during the COVID-19 crisis. For more resources to help your family thrive in these uncertain times, please visit focusonthefamily.ca. That's focusonthefamily.ca.
3: Brooke and her husband were ready for a divorce. But listening to our broadcast gave them hope to rebuild their relationship.
0: Thanks to Focus on the Family, we now have a biblical understanding of what it means to be a husband and to be a wife. And we have this vertical marriage that we're so grateful for.
3: I'm Jim Daly. Share the gift of family to rescue more marriages like Brooke's. Please visit focusonthefamily.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the
1: Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming.
3: Let me move to another uh, topic. There's a certainly a spirit of fear that the culture is experiencing right now. Um, to those that are watching a lot of the news and the concerns that we have, and maybe it's your family member, you're managing it well, but you know others in your family or extended family aren't. Um, what are some ways for us to deal with that fear, either in ourselves or in our family members? Should we, and what can we do to help others with their fears?
2: First of all, realize that everybody is going to grieve differently.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The way in which you grieve yourself, it's part of who you are, your personality, and what you've learned and everything. And somebody else is going to be different, and that helps. Um, you made reference to the book When It Feels Like the Sky is Falling. The last chapter is all about fear. And um, I'm encouraging everybody to read this book because it deals with what's going on now, and it really is helpful with the fear that is there. The the last chapter is all on fear. And I I like people to have something that's practical. And so what I usually do with people that... um, if fear or worry, is to take a three-by-five card and on one side of the card write the word stop, and then on the other side of the card turn it over and write on it Philippians 4, 6-9. Don't worry about anything, but with everything else, with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Carry that card with you. When you start to worry, when you start to allow the fear to overwhelm you, go back and take the card out. And in a good, loud voice, say, stop, stop. Then turn it over and read Philippians four sixty nine. 69. I have been sharing that for probably 40 years, mm. and there are thousands of card-carrying warriors and fearful people around, but uh, it has really, really made a difference
3: Yeah, and it, um,
2: it, to it, apply God's Word to our life.
3: It, it feels like that is good... Um self-talk, which is important to remind yourself of the promises of God, etc. But you also encourage people to be direct with the Lord, to speak to God about your concerns. Sometimes people, Norm, can feel uncomfortable with that, as if God is not big enough to take your pain or to take your emotions. But he wants that dialogue, doesn't he? Especially for those who are feeling uh, angry at God. Well, the anger
2: is a cry of protest against what's going on in our life at this time. And it's important just to say, God, I am really upset with you. This should never have occurred. I don't understand. Help me deal with my lack of understanding. Uh, Be as specific, as detailed as you possibly can. And taking the burden off of our back and putting it upon the Lord because he really does understand. The Word of God is a textbook on grieving, and it's so important that we, everyone us listening to this program, understand um, what grief is. I carry this little book with me wherever I go, and I give it out constantly, and I wish everybody listening would, would read, experiencing grief, and then this book, When It Feels Like the Sky is Falling to take in information because we live in a culture that does not teach people about loss, it does not teach people about grief, and that makes it so much more difficult. People today don't realize that if they lost their job or they even can't go back to school, you're dealing with some major losses in your life. My granddaughter can't go through um, graduation because of what's going on, and that's a big loss for her, especially after losing both mom and dad. Mm. And so I wish something could be different there, and so we have to come up with some other alternative and, and think about it. But we have to be honest, too, and say, here's what I'm struggling with. This is something here that is uh, probably the worst possible experience I've ever had in my life. Where do I go with this? What can I learn through it? And that phrase, what can I learn through this experience, is so critical. And once you've identified it, talk to another family member. What are you learning at this time through this experience? Think about it. And don't pressure them to come up with the answer right away because if they're an introvert, they can't do that. They have to think it through. and That's all right. And um, involve other individuals. We need to stay connected with our support system and actually expand it and build a a bigger one at this particular time. And um, we've talked about or I've talked about uh, on the emotions. Don't stuff them because it won't work. Let it out. Write it out. Talk to somebody and tell somebody if you're going to share it. Oh, I really don't need to have anybody respond to this. I just want you to listen. That's all I ask. Listen.
3: Yeah, definitely. Let me ask you this age old question. But in this context, you know, it's the present. It's what it is. Some people have asked me, and I wrote an op-ed about this, but, you know, where is God in this coronavirus? Does God create this and allow it, or, you know, where is God in this, and why does he either allow or create these circumstances for people to uh, suffer, and why would that be the case? Why would a good God do this? Let me give you the best shot as a trained uh, counselor and a Christian, a person who believes in Jesus. What's the answer to that? I wish I knew the answer to that. I know there is an
2: answer. I don't know when I will find out what it is. Um, there's a lot of people that are saying, this is what happened, this is why it happened, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't know that. Hmm. But I can go to him and say, I need clarification, Lord. I need understanding, Show me the scriptures, show me what I can look at, and that's when I go back to the scriptures or to the different chapters in the books, and I read them over, and I admit I'm at a loss for words. This might be what is occurring, but I have to be um, cautious, not adamant, not dogmatic, Mm. and just make our lives more dependent upon Him and realize that... um, There's not going to be uh, clarification for some time because I think this is going to go on. It's not going to be over in another month, another three months or so. Uh, Our lives have been changed drastically.
3: Yeah, and Norm, I so appreciate the fact that um, people who have deep roots in their relationship with God are usually the ones that don't have the answers and don't try to express that they do because I think the deeper you go with the Lord, uh, you know, the more you have to rely in faith and the more complicated these things are. We don't understand all these things, but what we do know is we, the Lord wants relationship with each one of us. He wants us to grow toward him in this life so that when we get to him in the next life, there's a depth of relationship, friendship, bond that we have with God that endures all things, uh, especially those things that we've encountered here. And you've expressed it so well. You've lived it. You've had to uh, do this, not just tell people or express to people good ways to do it. You've had to do it. And I deeply respect that, Norm. Thank you for being with us today.
2: Thank you for the privilege.
3: Let me turn to you now. If you've been experiencing these uh, moments of grief, panic, fear, whatever it might be, Uh, we are here for you at Focus on the Family, and I'm grateful that we are able to work from home. Our IT department, uh, man, they were on it. They were already creating a plan in case there was a catastrophic loss on the campus. So we were ready, and we're working from home. The counselors, the phone folks are there to take your call. So uh, do that. Take us up on that. If you're feeling a little off. A little something's not right. Anxiety, fear, whatever it might be. Uh, call us. Let us talk to you. And if necessary, uh, we do have caring Christian counselors who can uh, call you back and talk with you and hopefully refer you to someone in your area or uh, provide some resources for you to read and consider. So that's part of what we do here at Focus on the Family. Uh, We don't simply want to talk at you. We want to have dialogue with you and have a relationship with you uh, so that you can grow in Christ and grow in this uh, life in a way that honors him. So take us up on that. We have Norm's great book, uh, When It Feels Like the Sky is Falling, and uh, John will give the details on how to get that. Well, that's right, Jim. We do
1: have that in stock. We're happy to send that out to those who would like a copy. I think Norm is right. It's going to be months and months of uh, dealing with grief and loss. This is going to be applicable uh, for the rest of this year into next year. Life has changed. Uh, Learn how to deal with it. Uh, Norm's book, again, is called When It Feels Like the Sky is Falling, How to Find Hope in an Uncertain World. Uh, We have that, as I said. Our number is 800-the-letter-A-and-the-word-family or stop by
3: focusonthefamily.ca. And John, of course, I wanna highly recommend Dr. Wright's great book. Uh, you can order a copy directly from Focus on the Family Canada. And when you do, uh, you a know, part of those proceeds, they're plowed right back in to ministering. So even though you're purchasing a resource, the proceeds are helping other families. So what a great way to both uh, obtain the resource and to help others through the ministry of Focus on the Family Canada. So donate and get Norm's book
1: when you call 800, the letter A in the word family. And you can also, at that time, ask to speak with one of our Christian counselors. We'll set up a time for that to happen. You can also visit focusonthefamily.ca. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team here at Focus on the Family, thanks for joining us today. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.